So welcome on this Monday as we get back into the Word of God again on uh, in Matthew 18. Uh, now, most of you know that I've been gone for the last three weeks, and so I haven't been taping a video on uh, on this daily Bible reading, but the daily Bible readings have continued on. We need to be in the Word all the time. If you remember, I said to you from the very beginning, the last thing I want to do is make you depend upon me and think that you have to be a scholar or an expert in order to understand the Bible. The one who interprets the Scripture, the one who makes the Bible understandable to us, is the author of the Bible, and I'm not talking about Matthew or Mark or Luke or John or Paul or Moses or whoever, but the true author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit, as the scripture says, the Bible says, carried along those who wrote. He inspired that word, and that word inspired, I love it, it's a beautiful word, uh, in 1 Timothy where that's brought up, or 2 Timothy where it's brought up. Uh, inspiration literally means God breathed. God breathed life into these words. That's why this book's still around. That's why we continue to study this Bible. Many other books have, have gotten old and we don't study them anymore, or we, or we found that they weren't credible or reliable or, or things like that. But this word continues to remain. It's the same word uh, that the early Christians had as, as the word of God was starting to be compiled and we found the books of the Bible, or the early Christians had of the Old Testament scriptures uh, that, that we still read today as well. Um, that book has survived the time. It continues to be the benchmark, uh, the place where we find the truth about God and where we search for that truth. And thank God for that, because unlike everything else today, um, everything changes. Um, uh, uh, customs change and fads change. And uh, even in our world, unfortunately, truth changes. Uh, but but that's not anything to, to base our life upon, no foundation or bedrock. Thank God we have a truth that goes back to the beginning of time. It's a truth that, that's uh, recorded for us in the words of Scripture, and it doesn't change. It's rock solid. Um, and that way we don't have to worry about, hey, did this apply just to their time and, and not apply to us anymore? That wonderful message about, about salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The, uh, the message that tells us, hey, why are we in the problem that we're in? Yes, um, our problems may be a little bit different, but really they aren't. Uh, our problems, and it's kind of interesting because we're in Matthew 18 today, our problems come from sin in the world, and that sin is a part of me. Uh, as Martin Luther said, there's that unholy trinity. Where does sin come from? It comes from the devil, the world, and from inside of me as well. And, and so we need to, we need to, uh, uh, be at that. So I'm glad they get a chance to record these messages. I really love it. It gets me in the Word. It makes me dig deeper too. But again, I pray that you continue to be in that Word. To don't let the devil or the world uh, convince you, hey, you can't you can't know that Word or understand that Word by yourself. The beauty of the Word of God is that as we dig into it, it's it's like unwrapping that onion. We, we just peel away more and more layers. It gets deeper and deeper. But if you're on that outside layer right now and you're just getting into the Word, God bless you. You'll never get to the inside without first starting on the outside too. So stay in that word um, as we're doing today. So today, as I said, we're in Matthew chapter 18, and you kind of summarize Matthew chapter 18. I love it because we got the good old disciples there, and the disciples are so like me, and they're so like you. You know, sometimes they get it, and many times they don't. Um, oftentimes they fall, they fall flat on their faces, they sin against God, and Jesus restores them, he forgives them, he continues to use them. We can we can believe the same happens with us too. None of us get it right. Peter didn't get it right. Uh, you know, John didn't get it right. Moses didn't get it right. 
right. David didn't always get it right. Uh, but by the grace of God, he uses ones like us. As he says to, uh, to us in verse 20 of chapter 18, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And I know there's a lot of debate on what that means about two or three. The most important thing is the last part of that statement. Jesus is amongst us. He is here with us. He is not away from us. Think of the last words that Jesus said recorded in Matthew gospel. Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. But the disciples come to Jesus and in chapter 18, the first question they ask is, um, they says, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? So Jesus is going to teach them about how Christians act toward one another. Let me say that again. Summarize the whole chapter by Jesus teaching them and us about how we act towards one another. For instance, he calls a child amongst us and he says, the way we act towards each other is in humility. Now, amongst other things, two things I want to say about what he means by being a child. Number one, uh, a humble kind of a trusting kind of faith uh, that we have like a child does. A child, uh, at least early on, um, accepts things by faith, uh, probably better than you and I do. We get older and we think we're smarter and so we start questioning things instead of just trusting God. If God says it, uh, think of when you were a child, when your mom and dad said something, you knew that was the truth, you went with it and, and you flew with it. Good thing for us to learn about having faith in God. But also, humble like a child. In other words, we admit that we are children. We're not smarter than God. Uh, we need God's presence. We are we are really kind of helpless and hopeless by ourselves. When when a child is born into the world, we don't say, well, hey kid, you know, uh, push, push you out of the nest and now you're going on. No, a child is a child. A child needs a father. A child needs a heavenly father. You and I as children of God need our heavenly father. We need his forgiveness. We need his direction. Um, we don't have this thing all figured out. We are not in charge. We are not in control, um, and we're reminded of that every single day, uh, but we know who we can trust, and we know we have a Heavenly Father. So Jesus teaches us uh, both of that, and he reminds us to be humble, humble, humble in that way. So whenever I look at someone else and I want to say, hey, look how bad a sinner they are, look at, look at how much they've done, hey, remember, you're no different than they are. You're a sinner to the core as well. Um, you've been a sinner since the moment that you were conceived, but by the grace of God, God loves you. And so he warns us about temptation to sin. This is how we, we treat one another. When, when, uh, when we're uh, dealing with one another, we remember that they're a sinner too. They're someone who, who Jesus Christ died for. They're someone whom God loved. And how are we to treat them? Well, in the same way that God treats us. Look at verse 10 through verse 14, where it tells us about the heart of God. That uh, while uh, Jesus convicts us of our sin, sometimes we cause others to sin. Uh, sometimes we sin against one another. Um, but he Here's the heart of God. It's not the will of God, verse 14 says, that anyone should perish. That's where the heart of God is, and that's where our heart ought to be towards others too. Even those who are offending us, even those who are sinning against us, and that's where he gets at in verse 15. So if my brother does sin against me, I don't go blabbing around to everybody else. I don't try to cut them down. I don't hate them. I don't push them away. What I'm called to do is care for them in the way that Christ cares has cared for me. He went and he saw after me. He made me his child. He forgave me. He loves me. And that's how I'm, I'm to care for my brother too. So if he sins against me, I want to get him right with God again. Um, in, in a very humble kind of way. And notice humility says, first I go to him by myself. Um, secondly, I might bring someone else along. In other words, to care and to love and to pray for them. And thirdly, if they continue in that sin, um, then 
Separating them means now I treat them like a mission project. Now there's someone I need to reclaim. There are sheep outside of the fold, and I need to love them in that way. And, and Jesus gives us these words, like I said, in verse 20 to say, hey, that anything we do in his name, no matter how small a group it might be, the important thing is he is with us. Remember, Emmanuel means God is with us. And Jesus isn't just that when he's born, uh, but he's that for us all of our lives. And then the last the last part of the chapter two talks about this wonderful gift of forgiveness. And the, and the point of this parable is to say, you and I have been forgiven in a great, great way, far greater than any other forgiveness we will ever have to offer to someone else is the way that we've been forgiven. And we are called to forgive in the same way that we have been forgiven. That's how we treat one another. So God bless you as you continue in the word. Uh, look forward to uh, finishing up Matthew along with you. Uh, and I pray if you have any questions at all, you, you shoot those back to us. And let's say in that word together.